Hi, everybody. My name is Bruce Montgomery, and this is my colleague, Tracy Priest. Hi, everybody. And we're with The Road to Retail. The Road to Retail is where we hope to give small, emerging, challenger, or in some cases, dormant brands insights and tips on how to go about establishing their business and rolling it out into the national retail environment. This takes everything from proving it online to determining if you're ready to grow, identifying what retailer to approach and how, et cetera. What we wanna do is help you avoid some of the mistakes and um, that we've made over our 30 years in the business. The bottom line is we would love to help you be successful in establishing your brand and growing it. Bruce and I have been in uh, commercial operations and consumer packaged goods for 30 years. And what we mean by commercial operations is sales, marketing, trade marketing, mergers and acquisitions, product development, distributor management, uh, things like uh, managing your marketing team. So we've had a lot of experience over the, uh, the past 30 years of doing this. And again, like Bruce said, our intent is to share our wisdom and knowledge with you. Um, and today we've got a very exciting episode. Bruce just got back from NACDS annual, and uh, we're gonna share with you today some of the, the learnings that, uh, that Bruce had from attending that uh, meeting as we really start to get back to some kind of normalcy and have in-person uh, trade shows. So Bruce, tell us a little bit about what NACDS is for our audience that may not be familiar with that. So, so NACDS is a trade association, National Association of Chain Drug Stores, and they have two meetings each year. They have NACDS Annual, which just took place uh, very recently, which I attended. And then in August, they have another show called NACDS TSE, Total Store Expo. So annual is really a meeting where um, high-end DMMs, VPs, chief merchants, et cetera, from the retailers come to a facility, in this case, uh, the breakers down in West Palm Beach, and meet with suppliers, you know, all the companies in OTC, HBA, um, to talk about plans for the next year. Now, there's a whole other um, environment of people there. There's third-party manufacturers, there's uh, suppliers to the industry like package design firms, advertising agencies. There's some financial folks there, uh, private equity funds, et cetera. So it's, it's really a very interesting meeting. And Steve Anderson is the head of NACDS and he and his team do a super job. And it was so great uh, to be back at the breakers, not only a, a magnificent facility, but in all the years I've been going to this show, it looked like attendance was back full up. I did not see a bunch of empty tables. Uh, the weather has cooperated in the past. They've been throwing some curveballs with uh, South Florida thunderstorms, which always turns into quite the fire drill, uh, people rushing into the building trying to find tables. But um, everything was great. It was a, a good show. I think it was very productive. And boy, was it good to uh, get back face to face. So tell us, Bruce, as we get back to face-to-face uh, -face meetings, were what were the requirements? Did you have to wear, I have to ask, did you have to wear a mask? Did they require vaccination? Yes, they, re they required proof of vaccination. Um, you had to send that in in advance. And, and uh, being a belt and suspenders guy, I sent it in in advance. I had a picture of my card on my phone, and I had my card 
in my uh, briefcase. So no matter what they asked me, I could pr produce a card. Um, some people wore masks and, you know, in this day and age, if you want to, great. And if you don't, as long as it's within the law, then then that's fine too. I didn't I didn't get the sense people were uh, over the top about it, but uh, NACDS was certainly not playing games by inviting un unvaxxed people to attend. So tell us uh, the audience a little bit about how the meetings work. Good question. So the, the meetings work, the, the real big companies will secure indoor big rooms or out in the back uh, trailers. These are the J&Js and PepsiCo's and um, you know, they probably have elevators and a helipad stuff that we don't see, but many of the companies have little uh, cabanas that are around the pools. And then there's a bunch of tables uh, out on the various parts of the ground. So you schedule meetings. So if you're a brand manufacturer, you'll work starting almost a year in advance to try to get your 15, 30 minutes with the large retailers and talk about what you're doing. Now, I'm sure the big, the big companies um, they get probably a couple of hours, but they have a lot more to cover, right? Because as we know, Tracy, dealing with these small and emerging brands, retailers tell us all the time that small emerging brands have a place, but the buyers and the retailers really can't win and make their plans if their big suppliers and big brands don't perform. So sure. it's a lot of meeting. It's a, it's not a transactional meeting where you're going to, you know, write orders or sell in a new item. It really gives you your chance with the senior people from the um, manufacturer side to deal with the senior people at the retailer side, just kind of like, hey, here's what we're doing. But then you still go back and you work through the normal channels, right? Um, going over sure. the head of buyers, et cetera, is nev never a good move. So right. it's just a way to make sure that these senior men and women know what you're doing as a supplier to support and drive their business. Sure. Did you feel like the attendees were engaged? Oh man, not only were they engaged, I think I think everyone had like cabin fever, right? So I've, I've been in this industry for the majority of my career, OTC, health and beauty. So, so I'm a little bit biased, but I think um, it's really a blessed environment. There's just so many good people. And while you wanna compete like crazy with them a lot of the times and, and beat them in terms of serving the consumer, there's just a lot of good people. So there were lots of uh, heartfelt greetings and high fives and hugs, et cetera. It was, it was just good to be back. And plus, while I believe that the Zoom Teams world has its place, um, especially for you know quick updates or why go all the way across the country for 30 minutes, right? Mm -hmm. But um, you know, I still don't think that big stuff, big stuff gets done in person. So I think right. um, laying this groundwork for what people will be doing with their next um, iteration of either marketing campaigns or innovation, new products, et cetera, I, I still don't think there's a substitute for showing up sure. and getting it done. Well, we both agree on that. So did you feel like the buyers that you, that you interacted with, did they give you any indication of timing of when they'll be starting to meet back in person or when is that coming you think uh, yeah well again many of the buyers were mm -hmm. not there this is the division marketing right. managers and the head merchants um some of them were hinting that that time is getting close others were hinting that they're going to try to be flexible and make sure that their associates feel comfortable 
Um, so, you know, there was not like, I don't think there's going to be a bell that rings and suddenly on, you know, 4th of July, people are taking meetings back, but sure. def definitely heard people talking about scheduling. Hey, when are you coming to XYZ and, and come mm -hmm. meet with my people? So th that day's coming. I, I hope as long as there's no um, renewed surge of uh, COVID, I, I think we're sooner rather than later. That's awesome. Great insight. So tell us a little bit about the key issues that were discussed at the meeting. I know there's probably a lot of, you know, fireside chats as well as in the meetings, maybe some cocktail hours. So tell us a little bit about what the, what the, what the buzz is in the industry. Yeah. So there. yeah, great question. Um, no surprise, but it's always good to hear it reiterated. Supply chain is key. Yeah. Whether, whether it's, um, product on the water longer than people think. Um, you know, there was, I was sat in on one meeting and, and one person was already lamenting that they're something like six weeks away from placing their Christmas orders. And I was like, holy cow, mm -hmm. um, that's already, um, I think people that were weak on supply chain pre-COVID probably tightened up a lot, but there's still work to do. Um, there, there's, you know, all the just in time when you're trying to think of that dance where stuff comes into a factory and you don't want to carry too much inventory, just a lot of balls can hit the ground. Um, I sat in on a breakfast meeting and uh, one of the new chief commercial officers or, or chief, um, oh gosh, chief merchant maybe, I can't remember the exact title, she was a very dynamic speaker and someone asked her about supply chain and she just opened up her arms to the audience and said, you guys tell me. So it's right. definitely top of mind. Um, another thing top of mind, no surprise is, you know, margin pressure all the way around, you know, right. retailers have margin pressure, the brands have margin pressure in this time of inflation. Um, you know, the consumers are getting pinched, but but so is everybody else, right? So if, if the inflation's at its highest point since, you know, pick, pick a date, what you hear on TV, 80s, 70s, you know, a lot of brands would love to take price, but it's like the worst time to take price. So that's on people's minds. And also a lot of the investments in digital and pick up, pick up uh, at the store, a lot of those investments, you know, retailers really stepped forward and funded that. And I'm sure they're looking for, for some relief there from the supplier base to, to help sell products. And so, you know, margin pressures is as old as time, right? So you, you have right. to be clever. And in the end, people have to be really reasonable. And then innovation, you know, Tracy, like we've heard in our interviews and, and the work we do, um, buyers just don't want the 15th, you know, chocolate chip cookie or 19th um, aloe based skincare brand. You know, one of the comments we heard was no cut and paste brands. So how are you going to bring something with a meaningful point of difference to help drive their category? And there was talk about, you know, um, some of the larger companies were having innovation sessions with some of the key retailers, at least, you know, that was the chatter. I certainly wasn't uh, invited to sit in on those, right. but innovation remains big. And then I would say the fourth one that's getting a lot of run is a lot of the larger retailers have built out their own uh, digital advertising and marketing platform. You know, they've, they've for years have seen Amazon posting 70% gains or more in their ad platform at very juicy margins. So they now want to get a piece of that. So 
Um, those are coming together. You and I are both working with clients that are testing those out mm -hmm. um, because in the end, supporting them is great and helping everybody learn. But if the return's not there, either the price needs to be adjusted down or, or the platform needs to mature because you know, brands these days, especially smaller ones, you know, their, their financial resources are limited. So they, they have to take really good shots. Sure. So uh, just for our audience, and I wanted to reiterate this because we've talked about this in uh, previous episodes, just the importance for our small emerging band, brand audience today is supply chain, supply chain, supply chain. Make sure that you are, you know, testing your supply chain, we talk about starting smaller regional plays. Don't start at Walmart or Target. And uh, I just think what you said about, you know, what was said at, at NACDS annual is true. And we just continue to hear it within the industry. So again, just another reminder to our small emerging brand audience that you've got to make sure that your supply chain, you know, is really nailed down and start small and then grow from there. Well, and the other thing, Tracy, to, to take that one step further is there, there's a lot of questions around having backup suppliers. So whether you put stuff in bottles or you ship or, or shipper cardboard, um, you'd be surprised how many brands that aren't necessarily small are single threaded at certain points in the supply chain. Right. And especially for, for smaller people, smaller brands, it's tough, man. I mean, it's all you can do to keep all the trains running on time with, say, one bottle supplier and, and one shipping company that you work with. So to make sure that you have a backup, that, that it's just harder work. But again, no one's in this business because it's easy, right? We're right. in it because it's fun and, and right. you know. Exactly. So I think, you know, what you're saying, too, is make sure you've got a backup supplier. And what I've seen in some of the clients we work with is even the simplest things as getting a truck to your dock on time or getting a truck, just the simplest things these days can be really be a, ch a challenge that yeah. I've not experienced before. And there's other things where you're, you're being given the Corleone offer you can't refuse. Like this key input is up 70% not because the cost of it went up, but because it's scarce. Right. Right. So, so you get jammed up on shipping, you get jammed up on bottles. If you have a, an actuator or a pump top on certain products, you know, there's, there's been shortages of that, you know, over the past couple of months. So you just have to be on the ball. Yeah. And what else you got for me, Tracy? Well, I wanted to also just uh, reemphasize innovation because again, in previous, I like to tie everything back to what we've already talked about, put it in a nice box and bow, but we've talked about innovation. And what, what I wanna reiterate with our audience today is make sure that you, your product and your brand is differentiated and that you can actually communicate that to a buyer clearly and concisely. And also that you understand your competitors and how you are different. And that's, yeah. that's exactly what Bruce, you know, we're, we're here. This is real world. Bruce is just at the at the conference and this is what he's hearing. So it all ties back nicely to the to the things that we've been talking about in our previous episodes. Yeah. And I would just say, Tracy, as we get toward the end here, there were a couple of other kind of hot topics. Um, yes. 
in the in the corporate development world, some of the big companies are either uh, cracking off their consumer business or setting up uh, different units to get more focus. I mean, GSK, I believe it's pronounced Halion, is going to break off their consumer business. J and J is talking about the same thing. I think in 2023, Bausch and Laum is splitting. So there's a, a lot of that going on. Uh, some of the D, formerly DTC brands that are now rolling out into retail. Uh, I saw, you know, Liquid IV, Welly, and Ollie. They're obviously been at retail, but you know, they all kind of got their start um, on online, going to consumers, I believe. But you know, now they're expanding. Another hot topic was. Um, unauthorized third-party resellers on Amazon. And, and this is just huge. And it's a big problem because, you know, any blowback from a consumer like a damaged box, short-dated product, the bad review goes to the brand, you know, not Bruce and Tracy's right. excellent third-party reseller. Um, so brands need to be really careful. You got to understand where the leaks might be. Um, so, sometimes it's short dated product and someone on a sales team thinks they're being a hero, getting you 50 cents on the dollar. Um, other times, you know, someone might discontinue you and sell it out the back door. Um, other, other times you have, you've cut deals with small third party, uh, wholesalers or distributors. And the next thing you know, you know, you give them 20 points because in theory, there's some steps in the process that they need to cover. But all of a sudden, you know, you've got a couple thousand pieces of product out online. Right. So, and Amazon does not like to police these third parties, right? No, they don't it's care. Been, no. It's been a big issue for Chippa uh, over the years, and, and it's still a big issue right now. So, figuring out how to choke off unauthorized third party resellers. And then lastly, we already touched on it a bit was the uh, big interest in investing in the individual retailers' digital assets, you know, helping them get their ad platforms established. So for a small emerging brand, you know, um, one of the things, Tracy, you and I talk about is being easy to do business with and, and right. being willing to take a few chances. And again, you don't have a ton of money, but if, if, a, if a retailer that you're trying to get into or you've just gotten into and they're under a lot of pressure to get, you know, 10 suppliers into this XYZ digital coupon program. As long as it doesn't sink the ship, now and then raising your hand and volunteering to do that is, is well worth it. It buys you some goodwill. It just might work. And you'll get the call the next time. You always right. want to get the phone call. And you can't say no all the time. Exactly. And we've said that again in previous episodes. Yep. So Bruce, what else? Anything uh, before we start the big finish? No, I, I think uh, I think this is a good, it was great to be back in person um, and see so much action. Um, there was no one cutting out to the airport after two days, nothing like that. Um, and then it, I think it sets up well for the Total Store Expo show, which I believe is in Boston. I'll be there, but it's in August. So I don't even know what I'm having for lunch, let alone where I'll be in <laughs> August. But that's a, the much more transactional show where the buyers show up and the rubber starts to hit the road as we then start sure. moving into line review season. So um, I, I think it was a great, a great step forward selfishly in the world where we operate. To me, it was a real ray of sunshine that hopefully this COVID um, last couple of years is starting to get behind us and, and we can collectively move forward. That's all I got, Tracy. 
Awesome. All right. Ready for the big finish. Thanks Rock for joining, us. Thanks for roll, joining us today. We really appreciate your time. Uh, please uh, follow us on our LinkedIn page, Road to Retail. That is where we post our uh, discussions every two weeks. And then also please subscribe to our YouTube channel, also Road to Retail. Thanks again for joining us today and uh, hope you enjoyed this episode. Good luck out there.